Hello, welcome to episode four of what is this show called? Just kidding. It's Running Recruiting, episode four. Super excited. We're still around and here. And I am really, uh, really amped up today for our guest. And I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a second. Uh, but as always, I would love to hear where you guys are coming in from. So if you wouldn't mind, I know we've already had a couple people comment, but why don't you just let us know who you are, where you're coming in from. And then as always, guys, this is an interactive show. So if you've got questions for our guest, if you've got comments, uh, we welcome those and we will address you. So without further ado, Brittany, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Why don't you give, give us a uh, quick intro of uh, who you are and and what you do, and uh, and then we'll we'll get going here. Cool. So yeah, thank you, Joel. Well, I'm super excited uh, to be joining you in this conversation today. My name is Brittany, um, and I get the pleasure of leading talent acquisition at InCamp. Um, so not only do I get to lead talent acquisition, I lead our justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion and enablement programs as well. And in camp, we are a uh, tech startup in the environmental space, a really unique uh, approach to helping companies with compliance. So I was super excited to be leading things there. And I'm on my one year next week. So I saw that. Congratulations. That's awesome. So how, how did you... Uh... How did you get hooked up with these guys? Like how, yeah. run, us, run us through the story. I always like to hear that. What is the power of connections truly? Um, you know, at the end of 2020, I kind of came to this point in my career where I was like, do I still want to work for companies? Do I still want to work for organizations? Like, honestly, I burned out. Um, at a gig that I was at for about three years, but loved it. It was just the pandemic, all the changes. It was a lot. So, you know, I took a step back and kind of reevaluated what I wanted to do. Um, ended up actually being a, a HR consultant with an organization called uh, Work Friendly, who is an amazing woman owned and operated on consultancy. And, you know, was loving it there, loving the diversity of work. But I have been following a woman named Samantha uh, for some time. And uh, we connected, tried to hire each other in our past, you know, that whole thing. Um, and she was building the team here um, and, you know, told me about InCamp. At first, I was like, you know what, I'm not so sure about getting back into startups. Um, but after one conversation with them, and then I got to speak with Luke, our CEO, and just the passion for what we're doing, I was like, invigorated um honestly by it and decided to to join i originally joined as a ta manager and now i'm our director so um that was quick but it's been a whole lot of fun so so prior to income what what were you doing and, and were you were you in recruiting or like how, how did you get your start in recruitment i'm, I'm always yeah. curious about that too well, no, I haven't always been in recruitment. Like, I'll be completely honest. Upon graduation from undergrad many years ago, which I won't tell you when, but <laughs> um, I didn't even know what a recruiter was. Like, truly, I knew there were HR teams and, you know, my dad's been in corporate America, so I knew people got hired somehow. Um, but, like, truly. It's always a mystery, right? I know. Like, how I does, truly didn't know. I still don't know how it works. <laughs> Really, I'm figuring it out every day. But um, no, I, I really didn't. And so I was actually, I went to Kelly, Kelly Services, like staffing firm back in the yeah. day um, and met the most kindest recruiters. And they helped place me. Actually, my first job was a receptionist gig at Google of all places. Um, and there, I really just got to see like recruitment in action. Sally Anderson, who's an amazing HR leader, was like doing recruitment at the time. So I got to see it in action. And so one day I just asked somebody like, 
do you like, what do you do? <laughs> like, what do you do? And they kind of told me um, what it meant to be in talent acquisition. And I really then kind of hate to say that, but lusted after that because I'm like, wow, you could give people jobs for a living. That, like, that's a thing. Um, yeah, we're kind of like Caesar. Like, we just do this. Like, we, <laughs> yeah, right? No. And, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just by the examples of great recruiters, you know, mm -hmm. ended up doing facilities work at some tech companies. And again, Jim, uh, Jen Yu, who's now at Redfin, uh, was only a recruiter then. And, you know, I got to see her in action. So I think just through a lot of examples, I, I then decided, you know, I want to do that. And, you know, got a great recruiting coordinator position at Edelman PR, had an amazing leader there. They gave me more opportunities than I probably should have and just kind of got to chance to get my hands dirty and really love the idea of not only just being able to put people in jobs, but give them a really great experience um, and, and let that be part of the marketing, honestly, and brand of an organization. Um, and I thought that was really exciting. I studied communications and organizational comm. So, you know, yeah. that idea of, of bringing those things together really excited me and it's been nonstop ever since. So, yeah. Yeah, no, super cool. I know like the last few guests we've had, they, you know, came from like an agency recruitment background and transition yeah. into internal. So it's, it's yeah. definitely cool to have somebody that, you know, that wasn't obviously your, your path in, yeah. uh, which, uh, which I, I think is, is, is huge. Like what, uh, I guess coming from like outside of recruiting and coming in, like what, yeah. do, what are some of those kind of common myths that you maybe thought mm around recruitment and then you got in and you're like oh wow this is this is different or at least this is different than, than what i thought it was well i thought it was easy <laughs> so that's like, oh you talk to people give them jobs no, like, it's I so it was easy. Easy. um you know and while i did not get my in through um you know staffing to your point i did do some time in staffing because i thought it was important to get that diversity mm. of skill set so i learned how to cold call and do all that fun stuff uh, back in the day. Um, so I did have the time, but I didn't get my way in that way. You're right. Um, but, you know, I think the perception is that it's easy. I think the perception is that it's fun. It's not fun all the time. I'll be honest. Like, I enjoy what I do, but I'll be lying if I said there were some times where it was hard and you're like wondering why you do it. But then you talk to that one person who tells you their life was changed by a job and you're like, yeah, that's why I do it. Um, and so, you know, but I, I really do think the perception is that it's all fun and games and, you know, but it is really complicated work. It is, there's strategy behind it. There's work that needs to be done. Um, and, and, and it's one of the more unique pieces being that you're trying to please many different stakeholders at the same time. You're, you're working with internal clients, you're hiring managers, you're working with internal leadership, you're working with external candidates and firms, you have all these different people to please. Um, and so it really is a juggling act. And so, yeah, the perception was that it was easy and it's, it's definitely not. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is a leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. 
If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. No, and it's, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's where we've seen this kind of trend. And I think a lot of this is, is LinkedIn, but I, yeah, and maybe it's just kind of the echo chamber that I'm in on LinkedIn, just being very involved in, in recruiting. But yeah. there's a lot of people like outside the recruiting world that really <laughs> want to be recruiters and, you know, it's recruiting valuable and, and not sorry, valuable. Is it rewarding? Yes, it is. It, it, but it, it's, I think it is different. Like it's definitely not uh, like, you know, just like picking and choosing people. It's, it's about relationship communication is disappointment in there. So wow. um, what, what, what would you say in terms of, you know, your current, where you're currently at, what are some of like the, the big challenges you guys are facing? Cause I think we're in a unique yeah. time where obviously we're reading about a lot of layoffs, um, which I think, you know, can people can then think, Oh, well, if there's lots of people that have been laid off, then this is like magic group of people. Yeah. Now we can pick from, but you're also reading headlines around there's two jobs for every job seeker. So mm-hmm. I, I guess, how is that translating into your role? And like, what are some of the big challenges you guys are facing? Yeah, it's it's a tough time right now, especially for tech, especially for startups, right? We see companies that will do a big funding round and then two weeks later, they're in the same positioning as companies that may not have had as much success as of late. It's just the flux, right? And I think um, I think a lot of organizations are really understanding what it means to be lean, right? And maybe finding that out a little too late, um, you know, unfortunately, and people get caught up in the upswing. You know, some of the... Com- you know, some of the things that are difficult for us right now is one, combating that, right? When we have individuals, see, we're in a unique positioning at NCAMP. So we're in an environmental tech space, which is a newer kid on the block. But what we're asking for some of our talent is to intersect that experience in the environmental space and then come be in a, in a completely new tech space. We have a team called Technical Solutions. And when we're bringing in individuals who do not have a traditionally technical background, maybe they have a, a heavy EHS background, how do we convince them that this is a safe space for their career mm. when the tech world around them is, is going up in, in you know, medicine? you know, flames, you know, what, what, how do we convince them that we are a stable, safe space, right? Um, when the world around them tell, says otherwise. So that's a, that's a hard thing for our team every day is to try to, you know, not convince, but to, to give this idea that we're secure, that we're safe as a tech company and how we, what we really lean on is the necessity of our business, right? And how we are something in our clients and customers toolbox that they need to have for something that is heavily regulated by the government. So that's our saving grace, but it's hard. Um, And so, and I don't think it's as easy as just plucking from the talent. They went through trauma. Um, We have to come from a trauma informed mindset when we're talking about acquiring talent these days. And so these on top of what's going on in the world right now these individuals were just let go from jobs that they loved and maybe they felt secure and now so we now have to come back them and say hey well we're safe here do we really you know and it's and it's really hard to to really invoke that um during an interview process so that's those are some of the challenges we're dealing with as a result of, of recent events that's super interesting too, because I guess a lot of a lot, of, well, a portion of your candidates then are probably more from like companies that have been around for hundreds, hundred years, oh, right. maybe not hundred years, 100. but like 
a long, you know, kind of longstanding companies, maybe more traditional companies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. What about, um, I guess in terms of, and you kind of alluded to this, you got burned out a little bit with, uh, like some of the prior experiences in tech. And yeah. I think obviously again, maybe this is just an echo chamber that I'm living in on, on LinkedIn, but I see this, like I see it on Twitter as well, where, you know, a lot of people are looking to break into tech. A lot of people are looking to make a shift. Um, but I guess, you know, from just from your experience and, yeah. and uh, like, what are some of like those personality traits or um, I guess the, the strengths that you look for potentially in people that are looking to pivot into tech? Like what are some, obviously it's not all reliant on experience if they haven't got the experience, but like, what are some of those like yeah. personality traits you think you would have to avoid burnout and like what is some what's some advice you'd have for people yeah for sure so i think it's not a one-size-fits-all right it really depends on the role it depends on the status of a certain team what skill gaps we're looking at. there's so many things but what i will say is you know as far as some of the personality traits i think value alignment is very important in whatever your company's values are right um we have a certain set of values here at incamp and you know, we're not necessarily looking for someone to fit in a box, right? We don't talk about culture fit here. We talk about culture ad or values aligned. And so I think that's, you know, trait number one. And while very broad, I think having some individuals who are values aligned, because when the going gets tough and when the hustle gets hard, they're going to lean back on the fact that what, you know, what I really believe in what we believe in. We all have a group belief, right? And when you have that to, you know, kind of comfort you, your blanket at night when things get a little bit colder, you know, you can get through things a little bit better, right? And so that's that's one element. And I think resiliency is always going to be something, you know, but that's not a one size fits all either. And I don't think we could discount someone if they aren't particularly resilient, maybe they, they quit a really tough situation. But I do think that motivation to continue right um on to things when things get tough i think that's certainly things we look look for so sometimes we're looking at resumes and especially in tech you know in engineering or product you'll see people who maybe tried to start a business or start a company but it didn't work out that's okay we don't care that it didn't work out but you tried it that's cool that's really exciting to us you tried something new right um or, you know, we look at individuals who've made a shift from different types of organizations. You know, that's a really cool trait because that shows you can adapt, right? Because the organization we are today wasn't the company we were six months ago. You need to be able to adapt. Um, and so it's less of the, you know, I don't know. I think of these like high pie in the sky uh, things people like, like hustle and stuff like that. We talk about hustle, but it's not as granular as that. Um, does that make sense? Am I no, right? yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I, I think, um, you know, one thing that you mentioned too, obviously with like the culture ad, um, you know, like I know at Hirewell, that's our mentality as well. Yeah. And obviously we're a little bit different because we're a recruitment agency. Um, and, you know, you find that with an agency, you are somewhat tied into clients and obviously we're consulting them on, yeah. on, uh, on culture ad. But I'd, I'd love to just get your insights on, you know, like how, I guess how are you how do you kind of hire for a culture ad or like how do you yeah get to the bottom of like what somebody's bringing to an organization and then on the flip side too again i do think like things like culture fit and you know finding people that we like to work with or like 
you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of fine lines and there's a lot of complexities, but like actually in recruitment, how, how are you kind of defining culture ad and, and actually you're building in that way, if that makes sense. For sure. I think it really comes down to the types of questions you're asking in interviews and some of the intentionality behind the interviews. I think we get in our heads a lot during the interview process. And, you know, you want to, it's, it's such a hard, I, I do not envy hiring managers. I've been a hiring manager. Like it is a really hard decision to make to add someone to your team. And then you're responsible for that. So you want to get it right. Um, but, you know, it gets really hard when you do see things that don't match up. But I think when you are asking questions that are more along the lines of how would you, you know, in this situation versus how did you? Because the situation's different, right? And I think really getting the idea of, you know, who that person is, it's like human-centric versus skill-centric. Like, obviously, we want people with the skills, right? We don't want you to show up day one. We need a full-stack engineer and you don't know React. <laughs> yes, like, no, that's not going to work ma'am or sir <laughs> like it's just not going to but if we've got a really good idea of around how you tackle issues you know how you approach work how you work right ways of work especially in this remote world right when we have to depend on people when we can't see them physically working that's a whole different level of trust right and so really getting to the understanding of who a person is during that process as best we can without blurring any you know lines i think it's really going to help us understand how that person will fit and as far as like figuring out what those things are like internally with your teams and you know I think it's taking a look at the team and I think it's taking a look at what you're lacking and what you're trying to get to so what's the goal of this team you know based on that what skills and you know personality traits do we have what's missing from representation and then that dictates that might be totally different three months from now right and then you change the strategy and you look for different things and so i think that's another thing is just being fluid you can't just so be stuck in this is what we're looking for and this is what we forever look for in this role no you have to be fluid and take it at a case-by-case basis and feel those needs that way no, I love I love that. And I guess so you're spending a lot of time then, I guess, with hiring managers like coaching and, and like how how do you kind of Yeah, I guess get hiring managers on board as well. And I mean it sounds like at your organization, you know, I have the, the best hiring managers in the world. Like I will shameless plug that right now. Like I have the most attentive hiring leaders I've ever worked with in my whole career at EdCamp because they care so much about the process. They care so much about the teams. They care so much about getting it right. And it's not a rush, right? Like while we do have really great time to fill numbers, you know, we have got a 99% offer acceptance rate. Like what? Come <laughs> right on. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I love that. Yeah, that is. Yeah. It was the 0 0.01. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> he was great and he's going to work for us one day. Um, you know, I have that on my agenda, but um, you know, got to make the decision that works best for your life. Um, but all that said, I, I really do think coming at it at a case by case basis, but my hiring leaders, they are our our partners, you know, our my my teammates, you know, our talent acquisition partners, right? Because of that partnership and bringing them along, I cannot hire 
for your team without your helping me. Um, I don't know what it means to be a senior full stack engineer. I don't know what it means to be a technical solutions manager, but I know how to find great people and I know to how, how to help you find great people. And so it's that partnership. Um, do we have it down to a science? No, we're figuring it out every single day. But I think by being ingrained in the business and understanding the business, just as if the we were part of those teams um, really helps us not only be able to know what we're talking about when we're talking to candidates, but it really helps us understand the need for some of these roles. And so I think by having this partnership with the hiring managers, having iterative design, right, when we change things up, right, it's together. You know, this isn't working. We're not finding the right talent. Do we change the title? Do we switch up the job description? It's together. And I think that really helps with that buy-in from the hiring managers to take in some of these philosophies. Um, so, yeah. 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 And I, you know, it's interesting because I do think that like with startups in particular, that's a massive leverage that you have yeah. over larger companies because larger companies, they, you know, companies have been established for a long time where there's just layers of layers of layers of layers of decision-making. Yeah. That's where, it, you know, it's, it's really challenging to be fluid and to change things up and to quickly say, okay, we're not getting the candidate pipeline. We need it. Maybe we do need to change the, you know, the title or something in a job description. Uh, and so I, I love the way that you're leveraging that and just, and going guys look, that this, this can work to our favor. The, the fact that we're able to, to do that. Now you obviously 99%, uh, 99.9% is, is massive. What, what do you like? Why, you know, like what, what, what do you think you guys are doing differently? Or yeah. like, how would you attribute that? Because obviously, you know, there's lots of counter offers right now. There's, uh, you know, and even just people rejecting offers at the end of the day. It's yeah. a very Canada-centric uh, market. So, like, what what do you attribute the ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine percent success rate when it comes to offers? Love to get yeah. your take. Transparency throughout the entire process. We don't sugarcoat. We don't sell a dream. You know, mm. we're transparent from the jump and. You know, I think not only us, but again, the hiring teams, the hiring leaders, you know, from that first email you get from InCamp, whether you're a, you know, whether you're a source candidate, ex, you know, we've come to you, or if you've come to us, you're getting the full stack. This is the role, you know, this is what we're going to focus on in this interview. And at every stage, this is what we're going to focus on, um, you know, um, you know, giving that salary right up front. Um, communicating throughout any changes. I think that transparency, and again, I'm going to keep going back to this human-centric piece, treating people like humans, like this is what it is, like putting it out there. People respect it so much. You know, if a role is a backfill, say that. <laughs> if a role mm -hmm. is a new position, say that. This is not just a job for people anymore. This is their lives. We're asking people to bring work into their homes. Like this is a sensitive thing now. So you got to have that transparency throughout the entire process. And so by the time you get to offer, there are no surprises. No one's surprised. The candidate's not surprised. We're not surprised. We know exactly where we stand. So we don't have to do this song and dance of negotiation and back and forth. We've been firm. We said this is what it is. And the candidate is aligned after that first scream. And so the rest of the process is simply getting to know us and we getting to know them and seeing if it's a match. In every stage we do a check-in, hey, how are you feeling about this? Are you game? Like, are you still interested? Because again, by the time we get to offer, there are no surprises. And so I think that's really been our secret sauce. 
Yeah, no, it's it's huge. I um, it's it's interesting. So I actually heard I, it was on another live show. I shouldn't have been really listening to live shows all day, uh, but uh, anyway, I did. But someone somebody did bring up with with the, the the salary transparency piece, and I did think this was an interesting point. Okay, like obviously, people don't ask. You know, we're not allowed to ask candidates what are you making, right? right. Which which means as there isn't transparency there with with that, but companies being transparent, let's say, I I agree. I think like you know it's better to know obviously upfront right. and early. What's the pay? Are we in line? Nobody wants to waste time. Right. Um, but I think that like the 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 real challenge is like, you know, what happens if you just can't compete with other people? You know, and I think that's where you know if you're a company that's got a great mission where. Okay, maybe like what matters most is like you're really passionate about the mission, and like yeah. obviously salary is always going to matter. But uh, you know, what are you? What are your thoughts around that? Because I, cause I was yeah. like, I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like this Series A startup, you can't, can, you cannot compete with Amazon yeah. or Google or you know these huge companies. Not on paper. Um, and but then she, but then you know, this person went on to say what they've seen happen is then companies kind of lie about what the pay is to try and, which obviously isn't, isn't transparent, but I can see that legitimate pressure there of like, Hey, you know, like as you know, as a company, you've got Google here that's saying, Hey, we're going to pay two fifty for this role and you're paying one fifty. How on earth are you going to attract people? So I, I guess like just that real, you know, real talk with that, like, what are your thoughts on that? And like, how, how do you, how do you think we can just kind of combat that? And like for candidates, like, yeah. Obviously, you still want to look at salary and it's important, but like, how do you, what, what would be your advice for candidates even with dealing with these things? For sure. Yeah, it's tough right now because here's the thing, you've got the Googles of the world, right? Silicon Valley companies that can pay someone in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, the same salary as someone in San Francisco because we're living in this remote world, right? How do you even compete with that as little, you know, Virginia-based startup, right? You can't. We certainly get that. So by having our transparent salary, I, I'm not even lying. I get probably 20% come back and say, I'm sorry, that's too low, but thank you for being transparent. You know, um, but then we have other things in there. So not only do we have, this is our salary. We say, we base our salary off of X and this is our salary for this role. And this is why, you know, if that's not aligned, we completely understand. Just let us know. Um, but when you just find that you just cannot compete, I think I'm so I'm so hesitant to say do anything but let it be because anything else is forced. And I think anybody, pe candidates need to know their own motivations, right? If you are solely making a move because you can't make ends meet and you just need the money and you need to hustle for the money, this means sacrificing good management, the culture. Some people are like that. Some people are purely money motivated and that will not keep them up at night. That That's their motivations. That person shouldn't work here because this is just not that kind of organization protects. We care about the culture. We care about this. Um, you know, and I think it's important for candidates to think about that. Like, is it just the bottom dollar or are you going to want to wake up refreshed and happy to go to work every day? Are you going to want to have really great benefits? All of these other things. Do you want to have children one day? Do you have children? Is it important that you have the flexibility to have time with your children? Is it important that you have 
parental leave policies and all of these things in place, you have to determine how you value everything. Um, what I'm really starting to see trend-wise um, in technology, I've had a number of these companies in my inbox, and I'm sorry, we're just not ready yet, but like these companies that really do, they they spread it all out. This is what everything is valued at. We have that a little bit, um, not just in a tech tool, but like we spell it out. Yeah, we spell it all out. This is how we got here. This is how it's valued. This is what this is worth. And I think by having that, like, full picture, you realize, oh, it's not just about my base salary. It's also, oh, this is the equity. This is potential equity value. Mm. This 401k match at 100% up to 4% immediate vesting. What? Like, it's all these other little things. But I won't pretend to try to amp all that up for someone who may, maybe that's not important to them. And that's okay. This isn't the place. And I think sometimes you just have to be comfortable with that. It really like makes my skin boil um, about companies lying. I'd be lying if I said I didn't work in some organizations that maybe expected me to be that used car salesman and sell a dream and they, they get to offer and it's like nothing what you talk about and they're just like, you suck. Now I really want this job and now you're giving me this horrible offer. It, it's not a good position to be in. And so that's never been my philosophy and any chance I've gotten to lead talent. So, oh, um, but there's great. a lot of pop out there, competition out there. Um, and so I just say for candidates, ask the questions, ask a lot of questions and do your dirty work, you know, reach out to current employees, like ask the questions um, and make informed decisions for yourself too. But hopefully that organization is giving you everything you need. And I, and I think Maria here, she just said it comes back to the shared purpose and yep. shared goals, which, exactly. you know, I obviously, I think that's why like the pressure for, you know, results can kind of impact all this as well. Because obviously if you're a town leader and your hiring manager's like, well, we need to see people, we need to see people in the, in the Canada pipeline. It kind of, it's kind of like that sales mentality, which you just mentioned, which yeah. is like, okay, we, we need numbers. So let's amp up the numbers by you know, maybe if we change the salary, maybe we can win them over throughout right. the process. Um, but I agree with you. I think, uh, I, and I think like, it's interesting because we've seen this like power shift from definitely from like companies to candidates. We're continuing to, we're continuing to see it. And, you know, I know there was maybe talk or I was seeing kind of like comments and, and posts maybe about like five or six weeks ago where people were like, oh, is this a moment where like companies are going <laughs> to, grab back the power and I just don't I honestly just don't really see that happening number one because I just think social media plays such a major key into this and obviously like the big trend right now is quiet quitting and these talk around like quiet quitting which I think like the term it just evokes a lot of emotion on both sides yeah. where really what we're talking about is like boundaries and getting paid what you're worth but obviously other people are viewing it as like okay well there's people who are just kind of like quitting to you know there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot that's going on which yeah. you know i'd love to get your take on that and kind of like why you think this is such a a, a big yeah. issue and like why we're seeing this kind of like division there even though i apologize everybody I did a post the other day i said kind of quietly <laughs> quit about talking about <laughs> quietly quitting sorry I, guys it's i i'm still the jury's still out for me i still need to figure it out in my own head because like for me is boundaries and I'm all for it, sis, sir, ma'am, anybody. Yes, put up your boundaries. Do what's on your job description. I have advised many a friend, um, you know, pull up your JD, highlight what you're doing. What aren't you doing? There needs to be a change, you know, and have those conversations. That's important to know 
where you stand. And because sometimes I'm not trying to like give excuses or justify, but sometimes we're going a million miles an hour and we're not even thinking. We're just like, we're getting it done. And you know, you haven't even thought about, wait, why am I doing this? This is that's not my job. You you're just trying to get it done. Um, and so, you know, this quiet quitting thing, I don't think that's what's really happening. And I hate that it's being given such a negative connotation when in reality people are just right-sizing their their balance and as they should. Um, but I do think, you know, I think we're also it's a it's a it's a result of this changing world, right? Oh, so get get this. Okay, so not only do I have to work for you, company, but I'm like, it's in my house. This energy's in my house. Like, we're working from home. Like, and people are like, oh, you should be lucky working from home. And it's like, well, well, yeah, like, it's certainly a nice privilege. I enjoy working from my home. But it also comes with this fair share of, wow, now I'm blurring some lines here. Now I have to keep myself in check. I have to keep my boundaries up of when I go online, when I'm online, and make sure I keep myself balanced. And so, Jury's still out for me on quiet. Quit. I don't think I don't think it's what it is. I think it's a the, the, the word. The term is is a little bit misleading, right? I mean, the term is it's kind of yeah. like it definitely evokes. You know, I think if you see, you hear the word quitting or you, yeah. you see that, you know, you're gonna think certain things. But uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. And I know, like when I started working remotely, this was back in 2015. So this was wow. like, yeah, you know, I just yeah. was kind of looked out working for a talent company that was like. They were forward thinking. I also think they wanted to save money on like the office, although they did have an office. But anyway, uh, that was like one of the things which like my friends would always be. They'd be like, oh, man, you got the dream life, dude. Like you're you know, you get to work from home. And and I think like the biggest challenge was just like, OK, how do I like it was like I could hear the humming of my laptop all the time. So it was like then if somebody messaged me and I always used to have this terminology of like, well, I'm never really working, but I'm always working. Like, right. I'm I'm always replying to something. I'm always doing it because why wouldn't I reply to it? It's it's you know my my office is right here, and uh, mm-hmm. and I do think that like that it was like an unseen thing. So I I think a couple of years ago when everybody was moving remotely, I was thinking, well, you know, there, there's positives to it, but you also you really I think working remotely, like you have right. to establish those those boundaries. Um, but a, a lot of this stuff too is just like it's these are management issues as well, and it's like I agree. It's like we're talking about like whether people are engaged, whether people are working hard, what are the boundaries? There's yeah. a lot of conversations there. But um, yeah. and and let's see. I think Maria just said quiet quitting has always happened. I think that's that's the whole thing though. It's yeah. like what I think the first thing we all really need to do is we need to somebody needs to define like what that that word be because I think it's just come on on the scene really really quickly. But yeah. Um, anyway, Brittany, what I'd love to hear from you, I know we're, we're kind of running out of time here. Um, you're just starting in recruitment or you're just, how about this? How about you just starting to manage like, uh, you know, the recruitment team, the recruitment process, what's some advice that you'd give to somebody that's stepping into, into that role or what advice would you kind of give yourself looking back that, that you'd, you'd love to just kind of give yourself a pep talk on? I've done a lot of this inner child work, which kind of led up into this like young management, Brittany. Um, Be patient. Um, It'll come. I think at some point I got to like being really good at recruitment. I'm like, okay, and now I'm ready to be a leader. And I wasn't, even though I thought I was, Um, you know, but I say be patient, read a lot, listen a lot. 
Um, you know, I wish I had listened a little bit more to some of my leaders back in the day. Not to say that I was bullheaded by any way, but like, you know, when you're younger in your career and, you know, certainly when you're starting to see success, you get kind of in your ways and you don't want to listen to the folks that's been doing it for years. You want to be a disruptor, right? <laughs> um, so still a disruptor, but listening is, is important too. Um, and I think don't be afraid to make your own path. Like, I think for me, any time where I was just like not with it um, and I, I, you know, I don't shy away from saying this. Like if I felt like I didn't I didn't agree with a certain mission or way, I would always say so. Um, and, you know, and I think it's Amazon that has a, a pillar that's disagree and commit. I love that. Like just because you don't agree doesn't mean you don't commit to that. Like. Hmm. there are levels to these things. And so sometimes you do just have to go along with something. Maybe you're not, now I'm not saying ethically, always stick to your ethics and your morals, but if it's a process thing and it's just not your favorite, you're not there oh, yet. Just do it. You learn through doing and say your piece. There may be people who disagree, but if they disagree and you still do it their way and then it doesn't work out, you can say, Hey, it didn't really work out. Maybe we should try it this way. And that's how you gain some good relationships and respect. Um, you know, but, and I would also say, don't ever get out of the weeds. Like, I mean, yes, my C CFO, who is my manager, is like, Brittany, get out of it and, and teach them, you know. But I think keeping a little bit of that player coach mentality of like, I will be the first to pick up the slack and do it with you um, versus I'm now a boss and I just tell you what to do. Like, I think people get those reins of being in management and they get right into micromanage land and they want to just tell people what to do because they were told they don't need to do that anymore. I don't believe in that. I'm going to be right there with you in the mud, planting these seeds into a flower grow. And if a flower doesn't grow, better believe we're going to it right back up and we're gonna plan again but once your flowers start growing i'll just give you water i'll be right here for you but you gotta work with them first um you know and so that that's what are you doing. hiring for your team right now why don't you give us a quick give us a, a quick yet. plug for uh no, for, for your team or just just the company like why should somebody come work for in camp why don't you uh oh. why don't you share that oh my god so many great reasons i mean i Look, you can look at my LinkedIn, you can look at my resume. I don't stay at places I don't believe in. I'll be honest with you. Um, and I want to be at in-camp until they kick me out. So don't kick me out, y'all. Um, but like truly the culture that we have here of transparency, outcomes-based work, you can you can make a mistake here. I can't preach that enough. You can make a mistake here. Make a mistake. Make well, a mistake. Uh but you gotta say, say so, <laughs> so somebody can help you, but like make a mistake, God, make it. Like, I, and I think just having that freedom to fail and work your way back up in companies, you make a mistake, oh, it's over for you. You are just shunned and you are just never gonna come back. You might as well look for another job. I've been there. And I think the fact that you can make a mistake, but then also work really hard towards an amazing goal with other people who are like-minded, just a bit nerdy. Uh, we're very nerdy and we love it. Um, so that's one piece of it here. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think there are many reasons. I definitely is the people, the product's amazing. I think we're doing something revolutionary and I literally can't wait to see all the things that we do. So 
um, I think anytime you can get that excited about your product, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good time. No, I love that. And, um, look guys, if you're interested in, in, in camp, get in contact with Brittany, I would just say connect with her anyway, connect with me. Uh, yes. connect, you know, we're, we're a community here, recruitment community. Um, I love that advice too. And I will say like, for me, like what, when, when I have managers, and I see I see this all the time in recruiting, right? Because it's like you're a recruiter and then like you stop recruiting and you go into management because you, you hate recruiting. No, I'm just yeah. joking. <laughs> but I, I do think it's huge because it's like technology is changing. How hard it is to reach people is it, you know, it's getting harder. Um, and there really, no, there is nothing worse than like when a manager tries to give you advice and they just haven't done something. Like exactly. I've, and, and I thought that other piece of advice too, just about, Somebody's just being quiet and just doing what the process is. And, you know, it's huge because I, I definitely have been in the, I was talking to someone not too long ago. I used to just be that guy who's like, oh, the process is broken. Let's do this. But it, it takes a lot to put together processes. And then once you realize that how much it really takes to put together processes, you're like, yeah, maybe I don't want to change that little thing. But yeah. I think like do the work, do the job, learn, learn, learn the right things and, uh, I definitely think people took that the right way as well. We're obviously not saying like ethically do things. That no, are wrong. please don't uh, do that. I did that at Wells Fargo. I hate to say it. I call them out. Uh, but uh, I've been okay. there too. No, seriously, I've been there too. And I'll never do it again. And I think Same. holding your own and speaking up when those do, those ethic ones come, come about, you have to say something. Say no matter what level you're at, no matter who you're talking to, I have talked back to see many a CEO. Like, no, I don't agree with that. And that might not have been popular. <laughs> but you know, it you have to do your due diligence there. So yeah. No, I love that. I love it. Well, guys, I appreciate you. And you know what? I said uh earlier when I said the the title was running recruiting. That was what I was gonna call the podcast. A little bit of confusion I here. Thinking, this, I was like, wait a minute. This I know. I was like, that doesn't sound right. And then I'm like, no, this is recruiting is no joke because <laughs> I like to joke, but it really is no joke. It is. So we, I tell those jokes just to make us all feel better. <laughs> uh, but Brittany, it's been awesome. I, I really appreciate your time. I know uh, you've got some exciting things as well coming up uh, as well, which we won't get into. But guys, definitely connect and follow Brittany. Definitely worth, uh, worth a follow there. And I know... Uh, next week, we're going to have another guest. If you want to be the guest on, on this show, I look for two things. You're working in internal recruiting and um, you know, you're in a leadership capacity um, and you're you know running a team, running the process. I, I learn a lot from these episodes. Hopefully, you guys do too. So if there's someone you know or you want to be on the episode, feel free to DM me. Uh, but we will see you guys. I want to give some shout outs here because you guys were really, really uh, great in the chat as well. we got Maria. Mattia, we got David. Yeah. Who's shouting nerds rock? Yeah, that's right. Nerds, nerds rock. Yes. Uh, we got Ricardo. Um, we got LinkedIn user. That's just somebody who's I, I can't actually tell who those people are because of the privacy settings. But uh we got Matthew, uh, Alexandra. Thank you so much for you guys' comments. Thank you, yeah. And um, yeah, we really appreciate so many great, so much great stuff in the chat. Aaron as well. We got Raul. Anna, Olga, we want to say hi to Teresio, Michael. We got Shadrach all the way in, in Nigeria, which is awesome. Nigeria. I love, love this. We've got Charles in Orlando, Akil, Melissa. So Justin as well. But everybody, appreciate you guys. Brittany, thank you so much again. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon, hopefully uh, sooner than later here. Bye.
see you guys. I'm going to end this.